all regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad you're with us on the program today. We're going to be talking about this uh, huge court decision that came down on Friday. U.S. District Judge in uh, Virginia ruling that the federal prohibition on uh, handgun sales to adults younger than 21 is unconstitutional. Yes. Uh, Attorney Elliot Harding is going to be with us, as well as Corey Frazier, who is the named plaintiff in Frazier versus ATF. And I, I got to say, I love the fact that this case is basically in my own backyard. Uh, Elliot Harding's up in Charlottesville, and uh, Corey Frazier actually goes to school at uh, uh, one of the universities in the Farmville, Virginia area. So I, I feel like this is a local case with uh, national implications, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But before we do, here's something we really have to think about. What is happening with the banks? It is literally crazy. Can you imagine what this is going to do to the retirement savings of America? Now, I want to tell you what I've heard from Augusta Precious Metals. Gold mine's on fire right now because people want gold IRAs to protect their retirement savings. And get this, if you have 100000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. That's a big deal. A pure gold coin for free. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and learn how you can get started with gold. Don't let bank failures get you down. Get this free gold and get some peace of mind. Just call 855-222-4997 to learn whether gold can help protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 855-222-4997. Again, 855-222-4997. So again, very pleased that uh, both uh, Elliot Harding, the attorney representing the plaintiffs in uh, Frazier versus ATF, as well as Corey Frazier, the uh, primary plaintiff in Frazier versus ATF, uh, could join us on the program today to talk about this case, what it means for the Second Amendment rights of young adults, and uh, what the Biden administration might do in response to this district judge's decision declaring that the uh, Gun Control Act of 1968's prohibition on retail handgun sales for adults younger than 21 violates their Second Amendment rights. Take a look and a listen. Well, we've got uh, below me here on your video screen, uh, Elliot Harding, the attorney for Corey Frazier, who is uh, to my left on your screen, uh, the named plaintiff in Frazier versus ATF. Gentlemen, thank you both for coming on the show today. Thank you, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, um, Elliot, I want to start with you here. Uh, this decision on Friday, um, what does this mean for young adults like Corey uh, who want to be able to exercise their right to go into a gun store, uh, you know, purchase a firearm at retail um, when they're not yet 21? They've been, they've been, they've been able to buy a rifle or a shotgun, but under the federal law, they guys like Corey can't buy a, a pistol. Um, so what does Friday's decision mean for Corey and other young adults going forward? Well, it's a huge step for uh, young Americans through young adults throughout the country. Um, it, I will, we will qualify it and say that there is a lengthy process still ahead in the courts. We certainly expect the Department of Justice to appeal the decision. They will ask um, the district court to stay the decision pending the appeal. So this is not a decision where everybody can go out there to the local uh, federally licensed firearm dealer and start buying pistols today. But um, it's a huge step in the right direction. And um, we're optimistic and confident that the higher courts, whether it's the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals or even the Supreme Court, 
we're hopeful and optimistic that the decision will be upheld eventually. And then once it is rendered, uh, hopefully in, again, Corey's favor and the favor of all the other plaintiffs, um, it'll mean that they can, in fact, go into their local uh, firearms dealer and purchase uh, handguns as they would any other type of firearm. Yeah, is that is that something that um, that that attracted you to this case, Corey? The fact that you know you could go and you could buy a shotgun, you could buy a rifle in Virginia, you can buy an AR-15, but you can't buy the most common arm that we use for self-defense in this country. Right. No, that was a huge thing that drew me, um, you know, to to the case. And you know, you see all these younger guys, eighteen, you can buy a rifle, like you said, and for some reason, you know, you can't buy a handgun. And by all accounts, I mean, that just it just doesn't make sense. You know, if you're going to apply it, then why not apply it equally to, you know, to all firearms? Um, but yeah, definitely. That was a huge thing that, that I saw. And it just doesn't make sense, frankly. It just doesn't make sense in, in the eyes of the law. And, um, you know, I wanted to team up with Elliot and do everything we could to, to try to get that, you know, made right. So now I want to ask uh, Elliot, because one of the, the sort of the unique factors of this lawsuit, this is um, you, you are filing this as a class action lawsuit, right? What does that mean compared to, you know, some of the other lawsuits that we've seen uh, filed in the wake of the Bruin decision that are, are specific to these named plaintiffs. So I want to qualify it and say this. Corey uh, didn't just step up in this suit. He was willing to do so prior to the Bruin decision as well. Um, we brought a very similar suit on behalf of two young. Uh, now they're well over 21. They're in their early 20s. Uh, two folks in the Western District of Virginia, the Fourth Circuit, a uh um, ruled in our favor at that time. Uh, the problem there was, is the plaintiffs turned 21 pending the outcome and the Fourth Circuit was forced to vacate the opinion. Now we've proceeded um, not just on behalf of the named plaintiffs, but we have a pending class action. And the reason we do isn't, um, it is primarily so that we don't lose that standing going forward. Now, uh, it's our understanding the Department of Justice is going to challenge that class certification, and there are some procedural nuances that may make their challenge uh, viable. But having spoken with Corey, and and I don't want to speak out of hand here, but uh, it's my understanding that he even has a younger brother who's just 18 who might be willing to join the suit now. So whether or not the class is or is not certified, um, and we're confident that it will be, um, we're really going to fight tooth and nail to make sure that that standing issue doesn't become a, a disqualifier between now and the time a higher court finally rules on it. Yeah, this is something that I mean, it it it, it makes sense that you would uh, seek a class exercise, because, again, you know, if you're mooted, if these cases get mooted simply because you age out, well, then how can you resolve these issues? If if every person who you know brings a claim, the, if the courts can just stall or or the you know defendants can just stall for three years, they're off the hook. That doesn't make any sense. I, I'm not an attorney, but Corey, it it sounds like uh, that didn't make much sense to you either. No, absolutely not. Um, it it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, the damage has been done, but I mean, there still should be some some you know type of recourse, in my opinion. But um, unfortunately, you know that's the way that it's 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 working out. But um. Like I, like Elliot said, you know, we do have uh, my younger brother who's 18, who's discussed a lot of interest in, in joining the case. And hopefully that should prevent that from becoming the same issue that, uh, you know, the last people had. So, 
We can even we'll keep see, the name. But, yeah, we even keep yeah. the name of the case the same. I guess still right. be uh, Frazier exactly. versus ATF. Exactly. We'll keep the name of this case. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so, so, so let's talk about the ruling itself for a minute, if we can, Elliot. Um, it seems like the the Biden administration. We've seen this before. The DOJ is basically trying to craft its arguments that the Second Amendment applies to as few Americans as possible. Right. Uh, you know, if, if you are not a law abiding citizen, if you got a traffic ticket, uh, according to the DOJ, there's really no limited authority in terms of uh, who can be prohibited. Does that also apply then to to young Americans? Are they making the case or trying to make the argument that, well, uh, adults under 21 aren't really adults when it comes to their Second Amendment rights in the first place? That was their argument. Their argument was that in 1791, when the Second Amendment was ratified, um, those under 21 were considered minors in the eyes of the law. And therefore, they're trying to ironically apply a post-Bruin viewpoint to say that these folks weren't a part of the political community at that time. Now, I give a ton of credit to the court in this case. Um, Judge Payne went through the inquiry post-Bruin in a very efficient and clear manner. Um, and our argument was twofold. One, they're adults now. Uh, post, uh, you know, this bill that we're challenging or this law that we're challenging was enacted in 1968. I believe it was about three years later. The 26th Amendment was passed and gave universal voting rights to everyone 18 and above for federal purposes. There is not one material aspect of the larger political community that every 18-year-old carries as an adult. They're equal in the eyes of the law, and the court recognizes as much. But then the second argument is, even if they aren't, if you look at 1791, 18-year-olds were certainly included within the class of folks that the founders in the Constitution would have um, needed and relied on to carry their own firearms. Um, that They were the folks that liberated this country from from Britain. Um, and then if you look at the age of many of the founders at the time of the uh, Revolutionary War, many of them fell within this 18 to 21 year old class themselves. And so whether they are or not adults in the eyes of the law today, uh, it kind of cuts both ways uh, in our favor, we believe. But but I do think ultimately relying on their universal status as adults in the eyes of the federal common law they are covered with the Second Amendment, and the Second Amendment is certainly not a second-class right. Um, that's that's one major point here as well. Every other material amendment in the Bill of Rights has been applied to date, at least the ones that have been ruled on, the First, the Fourth, the Fifth, the Sixth, and the Eighth Amendments have all been extended to uh, you know, at least adults in their, in their full capacity. And, and you know, just so folks recognize we're not arguing for minors below 18. That was one thing that a lot of folks wanted to say. Well, how young does it apply? We're not here making that argument today. That's for another court and another class and another attorney to make. Um, you could make that argument, but we're not here saying that today. No, um, what you're saying is pretty simple, that adults should have access to all of their constitutional rights. And, you know, again, it's it's I don't disagree with that. But, uh, you know, when you've got gun control uh, activists who are saying, well, listen, we got to raise the age to 24 or 25 uh, before you can exercise your segment. Right. Um, you know, they, they're they're flipping out uh, over this decision and, and what it means. Um, 
And I think that, you know, Second Amendment supporters are, are rightfully pleased by what Judge Payne had to say. Now, one of the other arguments that uh, the DOJ made was, in essence, even if Corey can't go to, uh, you know, a, a local gun shop in Farmville, Virginia and purchase a, a handgun, he could still get one, right? A, a family member could could sell him one. He could buy one through a private party. Um, I got to say, that seemed like a really weird argument for the government to make, Elliot, that, uh, well, OK, just because sales are banned, that doesn't mean that young adults don't have access to their Second Amendment rights. I agree 100 um, percent. Ironically, if that's the case, and this is this is something we didn't really have to hammer home for the court because it mm -hmm. became apparent in our six hours of oral argument that the court saw where we were coming from. But if that is the case, one could argue the entire federally licensed firearm system falls apart as being uh, backwards. Uh, what they're doing is they've relegated 18 to 21 year olds to the private system no background check requirements, none of the traditional bells and whistles that that, you know, gun control folks have asked for. That is what the system offers. Yet they we're going to force them into a private system that lacks any of those safeguards and say, oh, well, it actually makes it safer. Well, if that's the case, why do we have it at all? Right. Why not <laughs> just make it so everybody's engaged in purely private sales if it's that much safer? Right. But we didn't have to go that far. It It, it is illogical. Um, and the idea that one has to use their parent to somehow exercise or access their fully vested constitutional rights is so arbitrary and capricious. I mean, we made the argument to the court. Who's to say they have parents? Who's to say their parents are qualified buyers themselves? Right. Maybe mm -hmm. mom or dad are felons. Maybe mom or dad have you know domestic violence history or protective orders and then who's to say the parent themselves isn't the one that the young adult is trying to protect themselves from right i mean these are all cases where uh, no other constitutional right has ever had the parental access clause applied to it uh, the idea that a 20 year old has to get a parent's permission before they access twitter uh in order to exercise their first amendment rights um is so asinine that I don't think the DOJ would be willing to make that argument for anything other than the Second Amendment. And, and it's sad that they're willing to treat um, our fundamental liberties this way. It is sad, but then again, I don't think uh, the Biden administration really sees our right to keep our arms as a right at all. I, I think they view it as a privilege that can be uh, doled out, uh, you know, on these arbitrary and capricious whims. Um, so, so, Corey, I mean, when when you heard the decision uh, on Friday. I, I'm assuming that uh, Elliot called you and let you know what what happened. But uh, what was your first reaction? Uh, honestly, I was really caught off guard. We had we had talked the night before. You know, I was just trying to get a, any updates that, that he had heard, and he was like, "You know, man, you know, I haven't heard anything. It, it might be a bit. You know, we're still waiting on the judge." And then he called me yes or the next morning at you know ten or eleven, and he was like, "You're never going to guess what, but uh, you won." And I was like, "Really?" You know, I was kind of just shocked more than anything. Um, just based on timing and, you know, just overall excitement. Uh, but it, it was a great feeling. It was really, really cool. Uh, I'm glad to be a part of this and it, obviously a huge win. Absolutely. So, so Elliot, what are the next steps here uh, in uh, Payne versus, AT or excuse me, in uh, Frazier versus ATF? So 
um, to kind of get down in the weeds, we do know the court asked us to respond by the 17th as to how we're going to proceed with the class certification issue. Um, the DOJ does have a colorable argument that you can't certify a class after a summary judgment order, um, but it's kind of a fool's errand to deny us that in our opinion, because we either are going to add plaintiffs who are 18 and therefore at a minimum ensure that we've got another three plus years of litigation and we'll continue to do that one at a time. Um, but we can also pursue a, 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 a parallel case. I mean, I could file one today and I very well may where it's his younger brother on behalf of a class and that that suit will not have had a summary judgment yet. And so we can kind of merge them together. But regardless of whether it's certified or not, um, we will be I we do expect the Department of Justice to appeal to the Fourth Circuit. Um, that'll take several months um, as far as briefing and oral argument is concerned. And again, regardless of the outcome at that stage, I'd imagine either party will seek higher review mm -hmm. um, from the Supreme Court. So very few cases are obviously granted for review by the Supreme Court, but we think that this is a perfect vehicle for it, especially if the class is certified. But whether they are or not, um, plenty of massive civil rights cases are brought by just one person. And, um, you know, credit to Corey and credit to the other young uh, men and in the past, the women that have joined this type of litigation, um, because it, one person in a courtroom appears to be able to do more than 435 members of Congress uh, for the last 55 years. And so this will take several months. Um, but when we look at other cases around the country, uh, we do think we're ahead of them as far as the likelihood of review. The 11th Circuit recently uh, upheld a state-based class ban um, from Florida. But because it's predicated on state rather than federal law, there's somewhat of a different type of review because the Second Amendment became applicable. Oh, I think we might have lost uh, Elliot here. We're not sure what is going on with our uh, Internet connection, but uh, I, I think I got the gist of what uh, Elliot was talking about with the uh, difference in the uh, the 11th Circuit argument out of Florida and then the federal challenge uh, based on, again, the uh, Gun Control Act of 1968. Um, we will uh, we'll see if Ellie can rejoin us here. Uh, give him just another second or two. But uh, uh, Corey, last question for you. Uh, we're almost ready to wrap up. But uh, you know, you, you mentioned that your younger brother uh, might be willing to be a part of this case too. Why is the Second Amendment? Why is the right to keep and bear arms so important to you, your brother, and it sounds like your family? Right. So I mean, you know, growing up in Virginia, you know, I've always been. Um, I've hunted, I've fished, but obviously Second Amendment's not really about that at its core. It's about self-defense. And, um, you know, growing up, that's something that's always been instilled to us. You know, this is important. This is your God-given right to protect yourself, protect what you love, protect who you love. And, you know, the fact that this is not being equally applied to adults is it's just absurd, frankly. Um, and, you know, when I was given the opportunity to be a part of something that I think could really, you know, restore the rights of of, of men and women all over the country that, you know, deserve these rights that, um, you know, have these God-given rights, then I, I wanted to take it because it's just, you know, it's, it's important to everybody. It's not just important to, to me, it's important to every single man and woman you know, that wakes up every day and, and, and wants to defend themselves and make sure that they have a safe day. So um, that, that's really why it's so important to us as a family and to me specifically. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you putting yourself out there. 
uh, and putting your name on this lawsuit and uh, fighting the good fight. Uh, I'm not sure when you turn 21, but when you do, let me know, because I'd like to buy you a beer there in Farmville. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Corey Frazier. Uh, and again, Elliot Harding, uh, Corey's attorney and the attorney in uh, representing all of the uh, plaintiffs in uh, uh, this case. Appreciate both of you guys for being here and I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate Elliot joining us on the program, and uh, we will be following this case as it makes its way through the uh, court system. Uh, but again, off to a great start early on. Now let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. Uh, we'll start there with a case out of Minnesota, where, by the way, Democrats are uh, putting a couple of gun control measures in this public safety omnibus bill. We talked with Rob Doerr, the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus, about this uh, last week. Uh, this omnibus public safety bill has passed out of the state Senate. It looks like uh, it is going to be signed into law by Governor Tim Wall. So we're going to see some lawsuits over the red flag provision, over the quote-unquote universal background check provision, which is also backdoor gun registration. But I'll tell you what, you know, in this public safety omnibus bill, got a lot of gun control measures, you got funding for corrections, you got funding for courts, but I don't think you have anything in this public safety bill that is going to address the rise in juvenile crime in the state of Minnesota, including this Minnesota teenager who has now been charged with shooting and killing a uh, beloved local hockey coach. And as it turns out, this teenager, known to authorities, he's not been named, he's 17 years old, but he's been charged with second-degree murder for allegedly shooting Michael Brussell, who police say stumbled upon a burglary in progress just before he was shot. Uh, Brussell, a 44-year-old father of two, Walked out of his front door about 7.20, May the 6th, to see this 17-year-old allegedly rummaging through, uh, rummaging through the family car. Purcell's son, who was in the house at the time, told police that he heard his dad yell, what are you doing? And then he heard gunshots. When police arrived, they found Purcell with several bullet wounds. He died at the Hennepin County Medical Center. Now, the 17-year-old that has been taken into custody, he was arrested last Wednesday in St. Paul after a, a brief attempt to run from police, no stranger to authorities. Prosecutors asking the uh, court to certify him as an adult his first court appearances this afternoon. As the New York Post reports, he's no stranger to the inside of a courtroom. He was arrested for an April 2022 robbery, so it's a little more than a year ago, in which he brought a gun to Harding High School in St. Paul, Minnesota, held it to another student's head, and demanded his cell phone. Two bystanders in the uh, boys' bathroom at the high school recorded this, posted it on Snapchat. Prosecutors charged the teenager with aggravated robbery, but apparently was released on probation. Uh, according to CBS, he was on probation until January of this year, so not even, not even a year's worth of probation for a teenager bringing a gun to high school, pointed at the head of another student and robbing him in a bathroom. And again, this is how the law currently works in Minnesota. This is not what the Democrats in charge of the state legislature decided to focus on. Oh, no, 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 no. They decided to focus on peaceable gun owners, responsible gun owners, legal gun owners, and criminalizing their right to keep and bear arms. Meanwhile, you've got 17-year-olds, 16-year-olds, because I guess it was more than a year ago, who are bringing weapons to school, who are robbing students at gunpoint in bathrooms, and I don't even think you could call less than a year's probation a slap on the wrist. That's a kiss on the cheek. And I got to tell you, for those uh, elections have consequences. For gun owners, this is going to be 
some terrible consequences. But for those non-gun owners in Minnesota who thought they were doing the right thing, oh, we're going to get tough on guns, you are in for a rude awakening in the months to come if you think that these gun control measures are going to do anything to stop crimes like this. This is somebody, again, who is on the radar of law enforcement. They had video evidence of him bringing a gun to a high school, robbing a student at gunpoint. When it came time for the criminal justice system to deliver consequences, there were none. None. And now, this teenager, facing the most serious charges of his life, and a family is left without a father. A community is left without a friend. Not because Minnesota didn't have gun control laws in the books, but because Minnesota's court system, Minnesota prosecutors, are letting violent offenders get away with their crimes. Now, today's armed citizen story from uh, Michigan, where police say a homeowner shot a knife-wielding intruder over the weekend. This was in a Constantine Township. Michigan State Police are investigating a uh, reported home invasion that involved an armed citizen being able to uh, protect themselves. Friday night, uh, police dispatched to a residence where a homeowner said a man with a knife had entered his home, at which point the homeowner then shot the man in the upper thigh. Officials state that uh, troopers on the scene found a male subject lying outside of the residence with a gunshot wound, provided uh, care to the subject until EMS arrived. At last report, he was listed uh, as stable. They say the incident is currently under investigation, but right now it sounds like a a case of self-defense. We'll bring you more details as they become available. And finally today, in the right place, at the right time, we'll have been able to do the right thing. A mother and daughter in New Mexico who were uh, just driving down the road and they heard cries for help coming from below the ground. Yeah, apparently a sinkhole had opened up uh, in this uh, New Mexico town on a sidewalk over a bridge. This was in uh, Las Lunas, New Mexico. Uh, Heaven Chavez and Jackie Rodriguez were uh, driving on Highway 6 when they say that they heard a man calling for help. Rodriguez says, my window was cracked. I heard somebody yelling for help, so I told my daughter, I think somebody's yelling for help. She said, well, turn around, Mom. A sinkhole had uh, caved the sidewalk in, and a uh, father who was out riding his bike with his son fell in the hole. Uh, Chavez said the whole sidewalk was gone. He was holding on to uh, this pole, screaming, I don't want to die, and if I die, I love you, son. Chavez said, I'm like, you're not dying. The uh, mother and daughter say it took about 20 minutes for help to arrive. Uh, Chavez says, we couldn't see him that well, but we were able to hear him the way he was screaming. He needed help. I was holding on to the fence like a Spider-Man, trying to help him out, trying to save myself as well. Risking her own life, Chavez eventually helped pull the man out. She believes that if it weren't for the fact that she and her daughter stopped, Man probably would have fallen. She said he needed somebody. And we could have lost another person today. My daughter brought a baby blanket out of the car, gave it to him. He hugged her so tight. Chavez's daughter uh, says, I drove home in tears. Because what if? What if I didn't hear him? His son could have lost his father today. Well, again, in the right place, at the right time, windows rolled down, and willing and able to do the right thing, uh, these women in Los Lunas, New Mexico, Evan Chavez and a Jackie Rodriguez. Yeah, we thank you for your very, very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, I'm looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow. But be sure to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day, where we are constantly updating the website with the latest 2A information that you need to know about. 
If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP member. Just go to barryandarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. In addition to getting those warm, fuzzy feelings from knowing that you're supporting the independent pro segment of journalism that we're doing at Barry and Arms, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories and analysis that matter because your support matters. And we really thank you for it. All right. Enjoy the rest of your Monday as well as you can enjoy a Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow for 2A Tuesday. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.